for being here today. We want to welcome you guys who are with us online. Welcome uh, today at New Life Church of Mobile. Amen. Amen. And man, this is week 10. Can y'all believe that it's been 10 weeks already? This is week 10 of our sermon series entitled, I Exist Too. This is week 10. Can anybody name the previous nine messages off the top of your head? In order, in order, in order. Can you do it in order? Without looking. I see people scrambling for their phone. Okay, I'll give y'all a recap. The first one we did was I exist to expose. I exist to be like them, talking about the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I exist to mature, uh, to worship, to be used, to be a guardian, to fight, to praise, and to live by faith. We talked about live by faith last week. Those were the nine, and all of those messages are on our Facebook page. So if you want to go back and listen to them, it's all there. I would encourage you to go listen to them. They're all really good. And, man, this has been one of my favorite uh, sermon series that we've done. And this is the longest one that we've done so far as well, uh, being being 10 weeks. But today we're going to be on week 10. And when I think, when you hear this word, harmony, what do you think about? Music. That's why I'm glad somebody said it, music. I was thinking about, usually when you hear the word harmony, you think about music. And uh, there's nothing more beautiful than when you hear voices harmonizing together and it's good. Like they just sang that last part, Worthy is the Lamb a cappello, and it was beautiful. And when voices come together in harmony, it is a beautiful thing. And with Christmas almost being here, because you know Christmas is like next week, right? <laughs> so I wanted to play this quick clip of one of my favorite groups called Pentatonics. They have a great Christmas album. They do a lot of great Christmas songs. And I just want to play this quick video for you guys. didn't they do a great job of being in harmony, singing together? And they don't have any instruments. That's all by mouth, everything that they do. And they asked me to be a part of the group, but I couldn't do it because the travel schedule was too much. And I was like, you know what? They, y'all travel too much. So I, I, I will have to decline this invitation to be a part of y'all group. I mean, I would love to. I would love to travel the world, but y'all travel too much. And, and I, I, I can't meet those demands. So I declined the invitations because I could have been up there as well. But, uh, but today, we're talking about in week 10, I exist to live in harmony. I exist to live in harmony. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for these moments that we have together. Holy Spirit, 
We thank you that you're speaking clear to our hearts. We thank you for today. We thank you for a great word that will, Lord God, cause us to open up our eyes to live in harmony in every area of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I exist to live in harmony. And harmony is something that doesn't come naturally and it doesn't come easily. You have to actually be intentional when it comes to living in harmony. Because naturally, we want to do what we want to do. And when everybody wants to do what they want to do, it doesn't tend to flow well with groups. <laughs> when everybody has their own opinions and own ideas and own beliefs and all this, when you it's kind of hard to have harmony when you have different opinions. Have you ever been in a situation in a group project or a work project or even a family? We're going to come together and we're going to have a family get together and we're going to put everything and we're going to meet and we're going to organize. Sometimes harmony is the last thing that is in the room. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But harmony is something that we all have to work for. But guess what? We all exist to live in harmony. Amen. In Romans chapter 12, verse 16, it says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people, and don't think you know it all. I love that last part. And don't think you know it all. You know what a killer of harmony is? Thinking that you know it all. Oh, boy, you get in a room with someone that think they know it all, boy. You're like, man, let me get far away from this person as I quickly can because you can't tell them anything. They just know. Y'all know them people that know everything about everything? It's like there's no possible way you know everything about everything. And you could just be talking about barbecue. Oh, let me tell you this. See, they don't nothing know, know nothing about barbecue. I'm going to tell you how you barbecue. See, you have to place the coals this way, and then you got to wait till the temperature gets this about. And then when they do, you got to spread. And then it's like, bruh, we was just, and, but they know everything about everything. You want to be a killer of harmony? Be a person that thinks you know everything about everything. And if that's you, this is a message for you. That is a word from the Lord. You are the killer of harmony <laughs> because you think you know everything. And I'm talking to myself in certain situations, so don't say I'm, I'm talking to myself too. I'm talking to myself too. But I love this verse, that we, this next verse we're about to read because I'm going to go ahead and give you the points of the message before we even begin. How about that? It's three areas that we live in harmony. And also the notes are on our app. You can download our New Life Church mobile app. All the notes will be there as well. But these are the three points. And this main verse that we're going to read from uh, Psalms chapter 133 in a second can apply to all three of these points. The first area we, live, we exist to live in harmony is in harmony in our jobs. The second way we live in harmony is harmony in our family. And the third area that we live, exist to live in harmony is harmony with our church family. So those are the three points I gave it to you, but we're going to explain it in a minute. But I want to read this verse in Psalms chapter 133, verse 1 through 3. It says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in what? In harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that has poured over Aaron's what? His head. Over Aaron's head that ran down from his beard and unto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. 
and the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. And I love this verse about harmony because, again, those three areas, your work, your family, and your church family, this verse can apply to all three things because I love what it says this. It says that harm is how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live in harmony. It, harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that is poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and unto the border of his robe. So what does that practically mean for us? Because I'm going to say, what is oil running down Aaron's head unto his robe? What does it have to do with me? It means this is that harmony begins at the top. Harmony begins at the head. So Aaron represents leadership of any kind, whether that's leadership at your job, whether that's whoever the leader is of the home, the leadership of the church. Uh, harmony begins when we come alignment under the head. When we come into alignment under the head, that means that the anointing begins to flow down and trickle from there. And then at the end of the verse, it says, harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. So when we come into alignment with the head of a leadership or authority, guess what? There's a refreshing that comes from that because we come under alignment. And when you come under alignment, it also says that the Lord has pronounced his blessing. There is a blessing when you come under alignment with leadership and authority. The Lord, it says it right here, we just read it. And there, is the, and there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, and it even says, even life everlasting. So not only does the Lord give us a blessing, but he also says, I will even give you life everlasting when you come under harmony, under the anointing, under the head of leadership, whatever that is. And so that's where we, our focus is today. And remember, all this applies to all three of those areas. And the first that I mentioned is the harmony at our jobs. I'm going to give you one more verse. Romans chapter 15, verse 5. It says, may God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as it is fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. As followers of Jesus Christ, it is our obligation. It is our responsibility to say, I don't know what everybody else in the workplace is doing. I'm going to be the person that's going to work to bring harmony. I'm going to be the person that works to bring harmony in my job. It doesn't matter what other people believe. It doesn't matter how they act. It doesn't matter what they say. I'm going to be a person, as a follower of Christ, I'm going to be the person that carries the harmony in the workplace. So you say, oh, you don't know my workplace. Them people messy. They gossip. They do all. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be the person, as a believer and follower of Christ, that says, I'm going to bring the harmony to the workplace. And again, we just read that verse in Psalm 133. It starts when we recognize who is in leadership in my job. Who is the boss? Who is the supervisor? When I identify that person, I say, you know what? I'm going to come under their leadership. And when I do that, guess what? Now I'm, I've aligned myself with harmony. Oh, but you don't know my boss. You don't know how terrible they are. Well, I know how terrible a boss Saul was to David. But guess what David did? He came under the alignment of Saul's leadership. And not only did he come under the alignment of Saul's leadership, when someone else tried to backbite or murmur or complain or try to uh, even conspire to kill Saul, David stepped in and said, oh, you're not going to touch the Lord's anointed. And he said, I'm coming under alignment because I want to live in harmony. 
And when David came under alignment with Saul, guess who God blessed? Did God bless David or did God bless Saul? He blessed David. Even when Saul was trying to kill this man, David said, I'm still going to come under his alignment because I know that there's an anointing that flows from the head down, even if the head is corrupt. There's still a blessing and an anointing that flows to me because the blessing of the Lord, it doesn't matter what other people do. Nothing can stop the blessing of the Lord. And so on the workplace, I say I first have to identify who is in control, who is in authority, and I come under alignment in harmony with the leader. Because as believers, we're the ones that's supposed to set the example. We're the ones that's supposed to set the example because what happens is we know how it is on the workplace. You get people that complain and murmur that I don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They should be doing this. I don't know why they made that decision. They should be doing And you can have all the little pockets of conversation that people have, and you could get caught right up in that conversation, and the next thing you know, you're in a full-on rebellion against leadership. And you're like, how in the world did I get here? It's because you didn't align with harmony. But when harmony is a priority, and remember, harmony doesn't come easily, and it doesn't come naturally. So you have to make an intentional decision on the workplace to say, I'm going to be the person that brings harmony. Amen? You know why most people never have peace in their workplace? is because they aren't in alignment with authority. When you don't come under alignment with authority, it's going to be hard for you to find peace because you're bucking against the system. You're going against the grain. But there's something what happens that's beautiful when you just say, you know what? I'm just going to come under alignment with authority because I'm not in control anyway. God is the one that's ultimately in control. They may have the title, but God is in control. And if God knows that something underhanded is going on, he sees and he will take care of it. And if they need to be removed, and I'm not calling for people to lose their jobs, but God has a way of working things out for the good of those that love him. And when you come under alignment and you come under harmony, there's a protection and there's a blessing that comes over your life because you say, I'm going to live in harmony. And you know what else comes with that? A peace. There's a peace that comes with that. But when you constantly, how can I get back at them for what they did to me and they looked over me for this promotion and you constantly in the backbiting and the murmuring and the complaining and the gossiping, no peace. Every time it's the morning, I got to go to this place again. Um, I can't wait to get out of here. What time? What, 4, 30, I can't wait to get out of here. These people getting on my nerves. What is, no alignment, no harmony. But when there's a blessing, when you come under alignment and harmony. In every job that I've worked in outside of the church since being a, a pastor, I've always were either one or the only believer. And I said, I don't care what job I go to. And I was telling tomorrow this last night, looking back, I didn't think of it this way, but this was what I was actually doing. I was actually saying, I want harmony in the workplace. So what I would do is I would get to know every single person that I work with. Because I wanted to make sure that there ain't going to be no, no mess where I'm working. Because I, I can't deal with drama. I don't like it. And so I'm going to get to know everybody. And in turn, by me getting to know everybody, it brought everybody together. And because I brought everybody together, not something special that I did, all I said was, I'm, gonna, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm going to be the person that brings harmony. And when that happens, there's peace in the midst. 
If there's no peace in the workplace, you ask yourself, what part have you played in not bringing peace or what part have you played in bringing peace? What place have you played in bringing harmony? If you say, well, I had an attitude, tomorrow's a great chance to start bringing some harmony. You might even walk in the door and they say, I don't even recognize him. I don't even recognize Is that the same Sally? Is that the same Tom? They're not talking like they used to talk. I mean, we used to get in the corner and, and complain to each other, but now they're they singing a different tune. Because, you know, sometimes people just walk up to you, start saying stuff just to see if they can find an ally in you. You're not going to find no ally in me. I'm going to change the subject real quick. Or I'm going to reinforce what leadership has already said. And I'm not going to let you talk. And then you know what? They stop talking to you about that. You know you can't talk to them about that because they, 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 they too good for us. You can think what you want to think, but there's going to be harmony where I reside. I'm going to live in harmony because I know there's a blessing that flows when I come under alignment with leadership. Amen? So the first thing is I live or I exist to have harmony in the workplace or at my job. Second thing is I live or I exist to have harmony in my home. And this is a big one. And if you're single, you're the person that's responsible for the harmony in your home. And if you're married, you got to work a little bit harder. <laughs> but if you're single, you're responsible for the harmony in your home. If you're married, you're going to have to work a little bit harder. But harmony, and I'm going to read this verse, Psalm 133, verse 1. We read it before. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. Boy, it's a beautiful thing when there's harmony in the home. Oh, it's a terrible thing when there's no harmony in the home. You could just feel it. You ever walk into somebody's home, you say, man, I don't know what's going on, but something ain't right here. It's like, man, it's tense in here. I could, I could just feel the stress. I could just feel the, the, the animosity. Like, it's, man, it's strong in here. Like, you could cut it, you know, you could cut the tension with a knife. Like, you could walk into some place. You're like, man, I don't think I'm going to stay here that long. I'm out. So what time, what time of dinner is ready? I think I might take mine to go. Because uh, it's kind of tight in here. <laughs> like, I feel uncomfortable. But when there's, that's when there's no harmony. But have you ever walked into a home where there's harmony and it's peace, and you just feel like, I don't know what it is about this place, but I feel like I want to take a nap. And you, I just want to kick my shoes off, and, and I just want to, I don't even want to leave. What is that? That's harmony. But we have to work at bringing harmony. And the enemy loves nothing more than to bring strife and division into our marriages, into our families. Because he knows, he knows that nothing affects you more than your family. Nothing will keep you up more than your family. You say, well, my money. Your money, too, but your family, too. 1A, 1B. Both of them will keep you up at night. But your family, when there's family issues, I'm telling you, the enemy's like, yes, I got him. I got him down now. And he starts dancing. He thinks he's got the victory, but he don't have victory. All you have to do is say, you know what? Now that there's strife and all this, I just have to work hard at bringing harmony. That means I have to be a little bit more intentional about bringing harmony to my family. And what does that mean? That means that I have to begin to find ways. How can I bring the harmony to my family? That could be just something as simple as saying, we're going to talk to each other. Some talk, what you mean talk to each other? We don't do that in my family. Well, that's why there's no harmony. The first thing, I'm just gonna, we're just going to have some face-to-face -face conversation. We're going to sit down and we're going to talk. A great place to do that is at the dinner table. 
Because usually everybody is doing their own thing. We talked about at the beginning. There's usually a lack of harmony because everybody's doing their own thing, have their own opinions, have everything going on, and everybody has cell phones. And because everybody has cell phones, you try to talk, yeah, I'm okay. How was you? Oh, it was good. Did you hear about this right here? Girl, that was funny. You saw this video, and it is like we want to talk about what's going on on the phone and not in our lives. And somebody could be hurting or just wants attention or something like that, and we don't give it to them because we're so busy about what's going on in our world, and there's no harmony. But when we say, you know what, I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to have family game nights. You know a great way to do harmony, bring harmony? Worship and pray together. It's kind of hard to be upset with people when you start praying because it turns the attention from off of you and onto God. And then God's presence, it says, oh, this is an atmosphere where I'm welcome. And now I could come here, and now I can dwell here, dwell here. Uh, atmosphere, uh, the key to harmony is also this, is to be intentional and not, I'm sorry, is to be intentional and don't expect harmony to come easily. But also with harmony, if there's no harmony with the marriage, there's no harmony with the kids. If there's no harmony in the marriage, it's going to be hard for the kids to have harmony as well. And I want to read this verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. You say, well, if there's no harmony in marriage, how do I bring it back? Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. A great way to bring harmony is to honor each other. We live in a world that loves to dishonor. Not honor, but dishonor. We look for every ways to talk bad about someone. Oh, did you hear about them? Did you hear what they got going on? And, and you're not concerned. You're gossiping. And when there is a lack of harmony and a lack of honor, it's hard to bring that harmony there. And I remember playing sports. I played on teams that had no harmony. I've had teammates, like someone say someone was going up to bat, and someone will say, good job, hope you do good, man. And then as soon as he leaves, I hope he strike out. I don't know why coach playing him over me. He's not better than me. And then it's all this, yeah, but you do good, do good. And it's like, man, I hope he mess up. He ain't better than me. I should be playing over him. And those will be the most miserable teams that I ever played on because there was no harmony. Because everybody was out for themselves and nobody wanted to see anyone else do good because they know the better they do, the less time I'm going to have to play. So everybody was after each another, everybody's downfall. There was no harmony, there was no honor, there was nothing. But some of the best teams I ever played for was when there was a genuine affection for each other, and there was a genuine, man, I really do hope you do well. Regardless if I play or not, I want to see you succeed. That's how it has to be in the marriage and in the family. It says there's a genuine affection that we have towards each other, and I'm going to find ways to honor you. I'm going to find ways to honor my spouse, and not find ways to bring them down. When there is a, uh, a lack of honor, it's hard to have harmony because the other person doesn't feel respected. They don't feel honored. And so what happens is the opposite happens. You find ways to try to aggravate and get on the other person's nerves. It's like, y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, so, so since you don't want to give me any time or attention or, or since you won't, don't want to uh, talk to me, then guess what? I'm going to purposely do things that's going to get on your nerves and aggravate you. 
because nobody knows the people better than you do. Than your, I mean, nobody knows your family better than you do. Nobody knows you better than they do, and they don't know, nobody knows you better than your family does. So they know everything that pushes your buttons. They know everything that gets on your nerves. They know everything that aggravates you, and then you're going to push everything that you can to make them mad, upset, and guess what? As soon as you do that stuff, disharmony. No harmony. And the crazy part is, I've seen it happen this way, where people do things to purposely aggravate other people and then get upset when they get mad. Why are you upset? I was just playing. I was just joking. No, you wasn't. You was for real. You just didn't expect them to get that mad. And now it's World War III in the house, and there's no harmony. But when you do things like that, when you purposely aggravate your spouse or your family members or someone like that, you know what it's like? It's like tying raw meat around your neck, dripped in blood, and then going into a front in front of a pack of lions and saying, here I am, lion, eat me. And then when they start coming at you, oh, I was just playing. I was just playing. I wasn't. Which, no, you wouldn't just play. You knew what you was doing when you did it. But now that, the, 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 now that they coming to strike you, now, oh, it was just all laughs and jokes. No, it wasn't. It wasn't laughs and jokes when you was putting that meat around your neck. But that's the same thing. It's, it's the same thing as that. When you purposely aggravate and push the buttons of your spouse and your family members, that is a great way to bring disunity, disharmony, and you're intentionally doing that. And so you can't turn around and say, oh, I was just, I didn't mean it. Yes, you did. But you repent of it and say, you know what? I was doing those things. I did try to get on your nerves. And I'm sorry. And, I'll, and they probably look at you and drop dead on the ground because they can't believe you apologized for something. And instantly, you could turn the harmony around that way. But you can't just purposely do things. You have to say, I'm going to find ways to bring harmony in my family. Amen? Amen. And the third thing is this. I find harmony with our church family. I find harmony with our church family. And I'm going to read this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 through 23. It says, even though I, and this is Paul speaking, even though I am free, a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was a Jew, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses. For I want to bring to the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground. I love that phrase. I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. In verse 23, I do everything to spread the good news and to share in its blessing. I love the Paul says, I, I try to find common ground. Meaning this, I try to become all things to all people to bring harmony. When it comes to your family, when it comes to your job, when it comes to your church family, your, your regular family, you try to become all things to all people to bring them to Christ. You try to find the common ground in all things because, again, all of us have different opinions. All of us have different point of views. But the common thing is this. I'm trying to find common ground because I need harmony. 
When you're intentional about finding harmony, you'll say, I'm going to find some common ground. What is at least one thing that we have in common that we can relate to? Paul says, I become all things to all men so I can bring them to Christ. He wasn't saying I become all men to, and I become all things to all men so I could just be with them and be friends. No, so I could bring them to Christ. And when we're trying to bring harmony and trying to bring people to Christ, then that says, I need to find some common ground. What can I do to find common ground? Harmony is broken when there is no attempt to find common ground. You know what happens when we don't try to find common ground? We begin to say things like this. Well, this is just who I am. Take it or leave it. This, this, this is who I am. No, what you're saying is I don't want to change. I don't want to find common ground with other people, so this is who I am. Take it or leave it. No. Or you say things like this. I'm just the type of person that just don't need friends. I'm just a long ranger. I'm just, I'm just the type of person I really don't need friends. I mean, it might be nice to have them, but I just I don't really need friends. No common ground. That's a, what it really is, is a stubbornness that says, I don't want to let people in to really get to know who I am. No common ground. And there could be no harmony when you don't allow people to come in and you've allowed them, them to find common ground. Whenever you're trying to find common ground, you have to say, I have to be willing to let people in. And the more you resist to let people in and get to know the real you, the further and further away you're working against harmony. And you might look up and say, that's not true. It's very true. Look at your relationships. How are they going? How many close relationships do you really have? How many people can you call right now and say, I can hang out with them and I can, they can encourage me in the things of God and I can encourage them in the things of God as well? If so, that means you've been building harmony and working with someone. If you can't find those relationships, that means you hadn't been working at harmony. But harmony comes when you say, I'm going to be intentional about finding common ground and I'm going to be the one that's going to work towards that. And this is a good saying. Sheep, they travel in flocks. Snakes travel alone. Let's say it one more time. Sheep travel in flocks. Snakes travel alone. I want to be a flock. I mean a sheep in the flock. I don't want to be a snake. Just I just do my own thing. That's kind of a hard attitude and approach to have when you're trying to build harmony. I, I'm just a loner. I do my own thing. Be careful. I hear some rattling going on behind you. I'm not talking about LaFleur. <laughs> Here's some rattling going behind you. Is that a snake? Snakes travel along. Sheep, flock, they, they flock together. And yet when we all, and I look, does God, when he refers to us, do he refer, do he refer to us as, as sheep or does he refer to us as snakes? Sheep. That means that we need a flock. That means we need a group of, a community of people to come together that says, hey, I need Jesus just as much as you need Jesus. So why don't we come together and we walk this journey together? That's harmony. That's where harmony begins. When we realize, hey, I need Jesus. I know I'm the pastor. I need Jesus just as much as you need Jesus. Who wants to be along for this journey because we could do this together? Bam, harmony. What's the common ground? Jesus. Jesus is the common ground for your church family. No matter what church you go to, Jesus is the common ground that starts the journey of being in harmony together. That's the, that's the common ground. You say, well, that's the common ground. 
And when we lose sight of the common ground, which is Jesus, then that's when we get into disappointments, we get into hurts, we get into all this, and we put unrealistic expectations on people uh, in the church to be our Savior. If you're looking for me to be your Savior, you're going to be disappointed every time because I'm not your Savior. I need a Savior. But what we can do is come together in harmony and says, let's follow the one that can change us. Let's follow the one together that we all need, which is Jesus. And now that we have this common ground, now we can walk this walk together. Now when one of us stumbles, now we have another one there that can pull you up. But when you're traveling along and, nobody, and you fall, who knows you're falling? You in the ditch. Nobody reached out to me when I was going through a tough time. But who were you in harmony with? Who were you in the flock with? If you were in the flock, it's easy to recognize. Sheep down, sheep down. And it's easy to pull them up. But if you're a snake slithering off by yourself, how do we know you alone? Because you by yourself. And I'm not calling you a snake. I'm just saying, that's what happens. People get all off by themselves, and they want to get upset at the church when nobody's there for them. But how are we supposed to know if you never let anybody in? Because you're not a part of the flock. And when you're a part of the flock, there's comfort, there's safety, there's harmony. I pray every day, God, add to New Life Church those that want to walk in harmony. Because it's a beautiful thing when you walk in harmony with brother, brothers and sisters of Christ. Our mission statement here is develop, I'm sorry, united in truth, developed in relationships to reach the world around us. What does that mean? We're united in the truth of the word of God. That's what unites us. It's the word. But we're developed in relationships. That's the part that people don't want to do. Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I love the word. Developed in relationships? I don't know about that. You're getting too close to me. But the only way that we could grow in harmony is the more we get to know each other. And, but the only way we get to know each other is that we're developed in relationships. Because what happens in relationships? You begin to notice things about yourself. You begin to notice, and sometimes you already know things about yourself, but you don't want people to know those things. So you keep them at arm's length. But it's kind of hard to continue to develop in relationship if you don't let anybody in. Because then the harmony only goes so far. But when you want a continued harmony, you have to say, I have to continue to develop in relationship with other people around me for the goal of to reach the world around us, to bring more people in that need Jesus. That, that, that is the mission. That is the mission. First Peter uh, 3.8, it says this, and we're going to close with this. First Peter 3.8, it says, finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathetic with each other, love each other. Uh, I'm sorry, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted and have a humble attitude. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. I love this verse. It says, be of one mind. Be of one mind. How can we all be of one mind? The only way we can all be of one mind is by the truth of the word of God. When all of us have a value on the truth of the word of God, then guess what? We could be of one mind. But if we don't read our word and don't study our word and don't know what the word says, we can't be of one mind because we're going to have our own opinions. We're going to have our own philosophies and views on things. But when we have one mind, that means that all of us agree that the word of God is true. It says what it says. I believe it. I hold true to it. I live by it. I study it. I cherish it. And now we can become of one mind. It says sympathize and love each other. The only way we can sympathize and love each other is if we, if we really get to know each other. How can I really sympathize 
and love you if I don't know you. I could say I love you, which it could be a genuine I love you, but I really love you and sympathize with you when I get to know you. When you truly get to know someone, when you see that person, it does something to your heart. It's a little bit different. And the only way we can get to know each other is if we all consistently come around and stay long enough to build in relationship. You know, sometimes we don't stay long enough to build in relationship with each other. It's like you you come around, we're such and such. I hadn't seen such and such in a while. Well, it's kind of hard to build a relationship if there's no consistency. But when we're all consistent, we know what's going on in each other. Girl, I've been praying for you. Man, I know you was telling me about this. I've been praying for this area. How's that going? And we can sympathize and we can truly have a genuine love for each other and we can care for each other the more that we constantly come back and stay together. Amen? And it says to be tenderhearted and to have a humble attitude. The way we keep a tender heart and a humble attitude is if we place each other's each other before ourselves. We have to make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to place others above myself. You do that at your workplace, you do that in your home, and you do that with your church family. It's going to be easy to be tenderhearted towards others because you're constantly finding other ways. How can I uh, meet the needs of someone else besides myself? And when you do that, your heart will become tenderhearted and you'll have a humble attitude. A proud attitude or a proud heart says, I don't need help because I'm always thinking about myself. I, I don't need a handout. I, don't, I, don't, I, I can figure it out on my own. Well, that is the opposite of a humble heart. A humble heart says, God, I, first of all, God, I need you. And then God says, okay, I'll put people around you that can assist in whatever area that you need. But harmony is broken when we think that we are more important, that we're better, or place ourselves above other people. Harmony is broken when we think we are more important, better, or place ourselves above other people. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 5, it says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. For we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We all belong to each other. And when we all come together in harmony, it is a beautiful thing. There's nothing that we couldn't conquer together when we all come together in harmony. There's nothing. God loves when his people come together in harmony, especially those that call themselves believers. The book of Acts is filled with people coming together in harmony. And the word says that daily that they were added and God added unto their numbers daily, all because they were in harmony with each other. There was no need that wasn't met. Everybody's needs were met. Everybody was getting along. Everything was great because they were in harmony together, but they were intentional about being in harmony. So my encouragement for you to this morning is when you go into work tomorrow or when the next time you go into work, work at bringing harmony in the workplace. In your family, you work at bringing harmony to your family. And in your church family, say, I'm going to work hard to be a part, whatever you call your church home, I'm going to work hard at bringing harmony and being a part of the church family. Amen? Amen. Because we all exist to live in harmony. We exist to live in harmony. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you today for your word. Lord, I thank you that our hearts 
Lord God, are being challenged, Lord God. Our viewpoints are being challenged, Lord God, in areas that we've lacked to come into harmony, Lord God, with you and with other people, Lord God, around us. But I just thank you that in this moment that you're challenging us, Lord God, to work, to be intentional in harmony in our jobs, in our family, and with our church family, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for the peace and the unity that comes for those that follow you. I thank you, Lord God, that there will be no strife, no division, no animosity, no jealousy, no backbiting, no quarreling, no gossip, and no slander, Lord God. But let there be peace and unity and let it reign supreme as we come under alignment, first of all, under the authority of Christ. Lord, as we come under alignment with you and the anointing flows from the head, I pray that there will be a blessing and a protection, Lord God, that comes from coming under alignment with the authority, Lord God, in all those areas that we mentioned this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. I thank you for today. I thank you that you continue to let us grow in harmony. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I want to give one final invitation, and that's for anyone that wants to come into harmony with Jesus Christ. You know, we talked about harmony and coming to alignment with leadership, but first we have to come into alignment under God. We have to surrender our lives to him and says, God, I want to come under your covering. I want to come, I want to come under your leadership. I want to be in harmony with you because I want not only your blessing, but I want life everlasting. And I know the only way to have life everlasting is to surrender my life to you. So this morning, I want to give you an opportunity for you in the room and you watching online. If you know that you're not in alignment, if you're not under the authority of Christ, if you're not in right relationship with God, I want to pray for you this morning. I don't want you to walk out of this place not knowing that you're in right relationship with God. So if you're in this room or you're watching online, and you want to come up under alignment with God, you want to come in harmony with Jesus. If you know that's you and you want to come under his alignment, just lift your hand and acknowledge it to him, and I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart, and I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for today and this moment where I come under alignment to your authority. I submit and surrender my life to you. I surrender it all. I let it go and I leave it here at the foot of the cross. And in exchange, I receive your mercy, your grace, and your forgiveness. I thank you for life everlasting as I continue to pursue you all the days of my life. Give me the strength and the intentionality to live in harmony with you and with others. Lord, I love you. I honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise for those that made a decision to follow Christ. That is the greatest decision that you will ever make. And if you made that decision uh, today, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. But on the back, it says, I made a decision. Fill that card out, drop it off in the offering bucket to let us know that you made that decision. We love to pray with you and connect with you in this moment. But also, 
Uh, if you're watching online, drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made that decision. Also, you can email us at info at newlife, at, I'm sorry, info at newlifemobile.org, and we'd love to connect with you that way as well. Come on, give a round of applause one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Man, that was week 10 of I Exist to, I Exist to Live in Harmony. And there's a few announcements for those of you who are watching online before we disconnect. Next Wednesday, I'm sorry, this Wednesday, uh, August the 2nd, this Wednesday, August the 2nd, is our first Wednesday of the month. The first Wednesday of the month is Life Group Wednesday, where we come together, we share a meal together, we have men's groups, ladies groups, young adult groups, kids groups, all types of groups. Come join us, join us this Wednesday, 6.30, share a meal, and then we'll break off into our life groups. You're all invited to that this Wednesday, August 2nd at 6.30 p.m. Also, next Sunday, August the 6th, is our three-year anniversary. We want you to come celebrate with us, invite your family and friends. Uh, we would love to see you in the building to celebrate with us. One of our pastors, Pastor Wayne Brown from Bethany Church in Baton Rouge, he's going to be in the building preaching live next Sunday, so you don't want to miss that. Come party, come celebrate with us next Sunday, August the 6th for our three-year anniversary. It's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss that. Amen. Amen. We want to give you an opportunity to give as well. Uh, for those that of you online are prepared to give, uh, there's a couple ways you could do that. You could go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org. You could go to our homepage. There's a tab that says Give Online. You could download our app, and you could give that way as well. But we're going to pray for you guys that are prepared to give online, and then you guys are dismissed online. And then we're going to get into water baptisms here because this is Baptism Sunday. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for those that are prepared to give today. I thank you that you will bless them, that you provide everything that they need. I thank you that you're with them, Lord God, in every area of their life, that harmony is coming to them. We thank you for it. We love you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Uh, you can join us this Wednesday, 6.30, also next Sunday at 10 a.m. for our three-year anniversary. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Have a great, great Sunday. We will see you next Sunday. Amen.